And we're back to another Deacon's Roundtable here on WSFI 88.5 on your FM dial. We are here today with uh, the people from Lord Teach Me to Pray, of a, a spiritual exercise, Ignatian spirituality program uh, that is uh, active here in, in the listening area of WSFI. Today we have with us... Uh, the usual guests of, of characters, we have Dave Egan from St. Thomas in Lenore, Tennessee. We have Michael Andy from St. Mary the Annunciation in Mundelein. We have Deacon Richard Hudzik from the, I don't know what parish you're at right now, but the it's, Vicar of it's, it's a soon-to-be-named uh, new, new parish in Westchester, Illinois. St. Gregory? No, ah, okay. no, not a chance. And uh, we have Greg Webster here at St. Raphael the Archangel. And also uh, another guest we have in the studio is Nathan Carlisle, who is a co-facilitator with me in the Lord Teach Me to Pray program, which we'll get to Nathan in a little bit here. But we also want to introduce our guests today. We have Carol, Carol and Father Marty from uh, the Lord Teach Us to Pray program that's going to tell us uh, their stories, their, their ministry, and also a lot about the program. But before we go... Uh, we'd like to begin with a prayer, and Deacon Mike, if you will take over. Inspired by uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Bestow upon us, O Lord, my God, understanding to know you, diligence to seek you, wisdom to find you, and faithfulness that we may finally embrace you. Amen. 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 So, Carol and Father Marty. Carol, what's the proper way of saying your last name? I almost don't want to mispronounce it. Oh, thanks. It's Weiler. Weiler, yeah, okay. I married a real German, so it's a real German name, W-E-I-L-E-R. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Carol and Marty, welcome to WSFI. We're very happy to have you here and to talk about the ministry of Lord Teach Me to Pray. If you can uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves, and for our listening audience, or we're talking to uh, you in New Orleans this week, right? Or that's your home, home base, right? Yes, we, we yeah we're all here in New Orleans. Uh, we live in different parishes, but uh, yeah, we're here in New Orleans. Yeah. So a little bit about me. I guess I'm of course a Dominican friar, uh, part of the Southern Province under the patronage of Saint Martin de Porres, and uh, grew up in Illinois. I was born at the Lying In Hospital in Chicago on the South Side, and uh, by two years old, my family had moved. South to Kankakee, about 50 miles south. So grew up there, Catholic, cradle Catholic, and uh, and uh, uh, I guess from the time I was around six years old, I it, to the degree I could uh, conceptualize it, I I felt this call to priesthood, and it was pretty incredible that I wasn't really attracted to the diocesan priesthood, but I was attracted to the um, to the religious the religious priests that used to uh, come over to the parish now and then and run the CFM program and things like that. So, and right after high school, went into the Marinolers for about a year, but then uh, went into the business, or went, uh, left there after about a year, and then went to school, went to college, went into the business uh, world a little bit, and eventually found my way back to the Dominicans. And, uh, it's been the greatest, uh, the greatest journey from there. Uh, along the way, I spent eight years as the provincial of the Southern Province, uh, which is the eight, uh, excuse me, the eleven states of the Southeast, and uh, probably now for let's see, since about eight months after Lord Teach Me to Pray uh, began. Uh, way a long time ago, I became part of Lord Teach Me to Pray sort of part-time as a spiritual advisor. 
Uh, a lot of that was when I was provincial. And then after my time as provincial, I was asked by my successor to uh, go with Lord Teach Me to Pray full time. And that's primarily because of the evangelizing nature of it. You know, we're the order of preachers, so we go out to all the world. And it has just been a wonderful uh it's, it's been a wonderful experience of ministry, but it's, personally, it's been a great thing for my own life and my own coming to know and love the Lord Jesus. So, but uh, so I am a, I'm a happy Dominican friar here in New Orleans, and uh, uh, very very pleased to be a be a part of Lord Teach Me to Pray. And Deacon Greg, I, um, I was I grew up in the Midwest and um, met my husband on a blind date. Uh, and then he, we went to Washington. He had a job there. He's a real bright guy. And anyway, uh, eventually, a law firm brought him to New Orleans. And uh, it wasn't long after he, he uh, we arrived in New Orleans and he became a partner very quickly that he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in the fourth stage. And that was a great epiphany, really, for me to see my selfish self. So even though we were both Catholic, went to church on Sundays, it was a realization that we were living as cultural Catholics, living for ourselves. John for his work, and of course me out there spending, you know, just living for myself. So anyway, I kind of fell into something that was called the home retreat, given by a cynical sister and a lay woman. And not knowing it was Ignatian prayer, it really changed my life. It really, it was, you know, I didn't want to accept his suffering when he was diagnosed. I, it was the last thing I wanted. I'd grown up with illness in the family, and I was trying to get away from all suffering. But one day I had a talk with God, and I said, oh, my God, you know, I really don't want this suffering. I don't want it. But I truly mean this. I will accept it. I thank God for showing me my selfish self and that I no longer wanted to live for myself. I wanted him to change me and to live for God. And I, I really meant that. I was like throwing down the control plant panel, not going to run the world any longer. John started treatments, and one day, I, as I said, I ended up in this little thing called the home retreat by a cynical sister and a laywoman and started to pray. And lo and behold, you know what happened? I really met Jesus. He's alive and he's more than he ever says he is. He is God the Son. He's everything. Everything you and I and everyone need. Well, I'm just a wife and a mother and I continued in this experience for years and years and years. Uh, Ignatian's experience. And it actually was formed as an affiliate of the Cynical Sisters. And... Um, during that time, they offered uh, this time of formation. And during that time, I had an experience in a chapel at the Senegal here in New Orleans. In fact, the Senegal sisters are no longer here. The Senegal is no longer here, the retreat house. It's now the diocesan retreat house. And I shared it with my husband, John, and um, asked him to pray for me. And so he, one day he really encouraged me. He said, Carol, I've been praying. And God told me that you were to start now. And I thought, oh, I don't know. I had become a spiritual director. It had been many years of prayer and just raising our five children. 
So um, I kind of didn't pay attention until he returned to me later and said, no, he said, God wants you to start now. Pick a date and make a flyer and I'll hand it out. So I picked September 11, 2001 at 9.30 in the morning. That was the beginning of Lord Teach Me to Pray. It began September 11th. And um, you started I, the bank. I think it's hard for women who long to know God. You know, I was a desperate woman. I needed God more than I needed food or water. And I met him. He's alive and he's real. So um, it started for women originally and offered it that morning and that night. I had such a heart for women longing for God. And then eventually, I think it was around 2008, when John said, I want to do this, and then uh, uh, we adapted it for men also. So it's available for men and women, and it is the work of St. Ignatius of Loyola, and all I've done is cut and paste. <laughs> so that is the beginning, and now there's nearly 4,000 men and women around the country who've been trained and out there facilitating transforming lives, they're inviting everyone to pray, to come to know and love Jesus. And God is creating very holy souls. He's raising up many saints. I know this because this experience, this Ignatian experience, has been the experience of many of the canonized saints in our church today. So is the Lord Teach Me to Pray program, is it this essentially the same program that the Seneca Sisters were, were presenting, or did you tailor it, change it? How, how did it go? And of course, we need to explain to our listening audience a little bit more about what the Lord oh. Teach Me to Pro- program is. Okay, well, it's not the same thing. Uh, the, the home retreat was uh, very was different. This is the true Ignatian, I mean, it was an Ignatian experience, but it was just uh, just kind of a little introduction. But Lord Teach Me to Pray is three parts. And Father, why don't you explain the three parts? Because it is a more in-depth and it really includes the spiritual exercises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, it is. It's a, it's a three-part series. And, uh, of course, one of the very special things about Lord Teach Me to Pray is uh, because of the way uh, it is uh, laid out. And uh, uh, it, it, it's very accessible, easily accessible, to anyone, any of the laity who want to get on this journey. The first part is called Praying Christian Virtues, and it's a 12-week program, I guess you would say, 12 12 weeks of the series. And uh, the idea is that uh, people meet in a group once a week, and uh, at the end of each session, they're given uh, a scripture for each day in the following week, six scriptures and uh, the Sunday Gospel. We have them pray t- uh, 15 minutes a day. We give them a little guidance on how to do just a little bit of journaling at the end of their prayer time. And then they come back the next week, and a big part of the meetings, the sessions, is where they get to do what we call face sharing. Each one has the opportunity, if they choose, to share what happened during their prayer. And in part one, these scriptures are uh, correlated with a particular virtue. And each week, the first three weeks being the theological virtues and then the human virtues after that. And uh, so 
as we know, many Catholics, we know how to study Scripture now, many, many Bible studies and all, but this will actually teach them how to actually pray with the Scriptures. So then we go into part two, uh, and, you, and if, you don't have to go into part two, but if you want to move on to part two, that's the full, complete spiritual exercises done in the format of the 19th annotation. Ignatius' 19th note in the, in the uh, spiritual exercises say this has to be adapted for people who can't go away to a retreat house for, say, 30 days and do a retreat. So it's the full exercises done over a period of 27 weeks, two semesters with a month break in between. We call it My 19th Annotation. And then there's part three, and of course that's done the same way, meeting once a week and praying at home, faith sharing, etc., journaling and faith sharing. And of course you up the amount of time you pray. And then the third part, should a person want to go on with that, is called uh, Discernment and Gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that's a 14 weeks the scriptures are correlated with different uh, aspects of the Holy Spirit. The scriptures are on the Holy Spirit. Uh, the main writer of that is Father Andrew Apostoli in Part 3. And, uh, and like I said, we meet for 14 weeks, the same format. And the, one of the great things about Part 3 is the last four sessions of the 14th, we're, they're introduced to uh, the Ignatian rules for discernment of spirits. And uh, we don't have them study them. We have them pray with those rules. And, of course, this is one of the, the great gifts that St. Ignatius has given to the Church. You know, how is it that we, we have all these thoughts and ideas and promptings all day long in our minds and our heads? We never often stop to think, where are those coming from? And so the rules for discernment will, will help us to learn, as we pray with these rules, how is it that sometimes this is God speaking to us, no doubt, but sometimes it's the enemy, Satan himself, you know, or sometimes it's our own selfish self speaking to us. Mm -hmm. So that's the three parts of the series. It's, it's pretty comprehensive, but it's easily accessible, and, uh, and, it's, and it's, a la it's, it's driven by the lady. It's, it's an absolutely wonderful way for the lady not only to not only to enter into this prayer where we really come to know and love the Lord, but because the facilitators are taking on this little special role, they're actually evangelizing. So it really is an evangelistic work where the laity can, in a very easy way, invite people into this way of prayer, and of course the Holy Spirit will direct it. So we really just kind of bring them in, and then we let the Holy Spirit take them, you know. Yeah, that's a, ni that's a very nice transition to, also I want to introduce the person to my left, which you can't see on radio, <laughs> is Nathan Carlisle, who uh, is a facilitator for the uh, Lord Teach Me to Pray program. Nathan, could you give a short little introduction to yourself, and how'd you get... Uh, pulled into this <laughs> how did I get pulled in that's that's kind of a that's kind of a good way to put it though I really don't remember and I think uh, Carol might remember when we met um, down there at st. Vincent Ferrar in uh, River Forest that I really couldn't tell you how I got the invitation but it just appeared in my email and uh, you know, I went and I really thought I was going for me, or actually I should say that I was going for me. 
<laughs> and and then uh, I discovered that it was something that I was supposed to bring back and actually use to uh, evangelize and and lead. You know, not lead. How do we say it? Uh, facilitate. Facilitate. Yeah, that's that's the best way to put it. But you know, I mean, the Holy Spirit was was working because uh, how do you get two guys from Northern Lake County? Uh, to a one-day seminar for Ignatian prayer study down in River Forest together. Well, you know, it just, it just, you know, that's providence. So, yeah, yeah, amen. Um, but we already had a, uh, a men's prayer group at St. Patrick's in Wadsworth um, that uh, Paul, David, and I were, you know, partners with. And uh, so we already had a foundation, a, a, a men's group foundation. And, uh, and Greg, you know, I met Greg down there, and uh, it just kind of took off from there. Everything was all lined up. You know, I mean, I couldn't plan that myself. You know, couldn't have planned it. Uh, wow. But, yeah, thank it's, it's <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, keep but, going. Yeah, keep going, Nathan. This yeah. is great. I think we that need a, uh, sounds like we need to take a break. Huh? We're coming up on our first break here on the Deacon's Roundtable on WSFI 88.5 FM on your dial or WSFI radio on the computer.org uh, on the internet. We'll be back after a few, sh- few short moments. This is Joe Scheidler in Chicago. Want to learn some Latin? Well, here are three simple words that say it all. Ora et labora. That's the motto of the Benedictines, and that means pray and work. Pray for the 4,000 babies who will be cruelly killed in legal abortions today in American cities alone. But also work to end abortion. Pray and work. How do you work? Well, come out to an abortion clinic near you. Pray there, but also talk to the women going in. Offer them help. If you want to know how, give us a call. We're the Pro-Life Action League in Chicago. Call us at 773-777-2900. That's 773-777-2900. Or contact us at prolifeaction.org. Hello, I'm Bill Wennington from the Church of St. Mary's and the Chicago Bulls. I, I believe Catholic radio is important for all of us out there listening to help us through days when maybe our faith is being challenged by many different obstacles that are put in our way. And it's a chance to reflect and just think and hear stories from other people that maybe are going through the exact same issues that we are going through and how they have struggled and how they are getting through their problems today. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Thank you for staying with us on the Deacon's Roundtable here at WSFI 88.5 on your FM dial. We're talking with Carol Weiler and Father Marty Gleason on the Lord Teach Me to Pray program. 
So this is uh, this is Deacon David Egan. Um, in general, could you say uh, a couple questions first? Like the cost of this um, for facilitating, as well as what is the cost for people who would like to go through the whole program in each of the different steps? Deacon Dave, there's no charge. There's no cost to anyone. No charge. We go. Uh, this is really an evangelizing uh, ministry. We're missionaries, and God's calling every one of us with the laity to join in in this missionary effort. But uh, we go around the country and we offer free training retreats. We do take up a love offering because we do have expenses, but we give everything away. We give them the manuals, the training. Uh, we ask them to bring their own lunch. We don't. We can't provide their, the meals. And then when they facilitate, uh, they just ask for enough to cover their expenses. They have to get a, a few things to be able to make a little binder for all the participants. But there's no charge to the parish, no charge to anyone. What God has given us, we give freely away. So, at least financially, there's not a reason not to go through the program. No, there's there's no no excuses. <laughs> and it's very attractive, really, to parishes um, for two reasons. One is that the whole series has been reviewed and approved by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. We have the stamp of approval from the publishing office, so that's that's a big door opener because there's a lot of crazy things out there today. So this is solid Ignatian prayer. And uh, as Carol said, it's meant to be given away. So there are no licensing or anything like that. The parishes don't pay us anything. Actually, once a person leaves the training retreat, they have a manual. They have the handouts that they can copy. For, and it's all, you know, we have it all the copyright set up, of course, and we have it set up for this. But they can just go. They can just go. There's, there's, they are it. They are Lord, teach me to pray. They're the missionaries right. to the world. They're the missionaries. So they have their binder. They have everything they need in that little binder to go back to their pastor and say, hey, I'd like to start a little group. I've been trained in this, and I just need a little space, a little room, maybe a bulletin announcement, a pulpit announcement would be great, and to get things moving. And, uh, and it can actually spread. It's a very... Um, it's set up to just spread, you know. We uh, we talk about it as, you know, they people come for the training, and we literally send them out, send you all out two by two, and just like Jesus sent the 70 out. And we even have a way that uh, we call it hands-on, on-the-job training, where a facilitator can actually train someone else, and they can go start a group. So it's set up so that it's, not only is it very... It's easily accessible, no, virtually no cost, to anyone who wants to do this. And that's been a barrier many times for people trying to get into the Ignatian way of prayer, you know, the cost and the availability, the accessibility. Very easy. And this is because the, the laity have come forward and they said, I'll do this. I'll facilitate. And because they do, it makes it this way. And... Uh, like we say, the only cost, you know, the facilitators have to make copies and buy binders, so <clears throat> we want their costs to be covered, and so they ask the people in the group to help them with that a little bit, but that's not much in much at all, you know. Yeah. And sometimes the, the pastors will take care of that, you know. Yeah, that's what I was going to suggest. Um, from just your experiences, um, could you give any idea about how many people start off, like, at, you know, phase one, that's the first step, and... I guess continue to the second step and the third step as they go about this journey as it changes them 
Well, Deacon, you know, um, no one is committed, even by attending a training, no one is committed to pick up the manual and go out and become a missionary and start a group. But we're hoping. God's called them. And, oh, there's so many beautiful, faith-filled Catholics out there who are responding. So when they come and they get the manual and they start facilitating, they have not been through part one either themselves. Now, we have actually some facilitators who have been facilitating for over 10 years and are very, very holy. I mean, the... the, their spiritual life is just really soaring. They're, you know, they're really being transformed. Their souls being transformed. But um, I would say a lot of people begin with part one. They may take it maybe one or two times, and it all depends on how far they want to go with God. That's what it really is. Saint Ignatius is one of his beautiful words is, that he loves is called is generosity. How generous is his soul? in regards to their relationship with God. And the more generous we are with God, of course, his generosity is divine. But if we are open and God's willing, he certainly desires to have this relationship with everyone. And who determines how deep it goes, how rich it will become? It's us. Mm -hmm. How generous can we be? So we do have, um, we don't keep any records, any statistics. We're not an organization. We are here to maintain them, all the facilitators around the country, first with prayer, and then, of course, with all the materials, free of charge. So uh, we're, we don't keep statistics, but we mm-hmm. can tell you that what we've received back in evaluations mm-hmm. and in letters is just amazing. Mm-hmm. So I had so to turn, off, I had to turn off Nathan's uh, headphones for a moment because I didn't tell him he had a choice. He he uh, he pretty much was told he, he has to do this, so yeah. I can turn his headphones back on. <laughs> right. so, that's so good. He can hear oh, that. That's beautiful. So. <laughs> that helps. That's a real that's a real friend because yeah. this is quite a beautiful journey. It is. Saying. It is. It's very hard for a soul to get on the spiritual journey mm-hmm. because the world is like this magnet that's just mm-hmm. won't let us go. You know. So why is there a difference between the men and the women's program? Or I guess we should say, what is the difference for the men and the women's program? I have a lot of people ask me, why is it separate? Why is it different? Could you elaborate on that? Well, the difference is the pronouns, actually. Mm-hmm. But this is a traditional Ignatian way. And the Lord Teaching to Pray is the singular journey of the soul. It's not a group support experience. This is really developing our intimacy with God. This is what St. Ignatius showed the Church, that God wants with everyone. You know, it wasn't believed in his era that a lay person could know God. And God showed through St. Ignatius that he wants everyone to know him, personally. So that's one reason, that's really the main reason, because it's a singular journey of the soul. The soul must be free to encounter God without any... um, any outside interference. And even like if my husband and I were in a group together, I might say something that he'd never heard me say. And on the way home, he might ask me about it. And right away, my freedom's compromised. And then another reason, I had a, a Jesuit who told me this once, never go on the spiritual exercises with your husband. Why? Well, it might ignite a second honeymoon. <laughs> and the whole purpose of our life is what? Very simple. To know, love, and serve God. And this, is the, this has to be our target. 
And then out of that flows the love for, our, for my husband and my children. Does that make any sense? Makes perfect sense. Yes, I, I have a, I, I have a question. We've been this is Richard. We've been talking about Ignatian spirituality, Saint Ignatius. Um, for those who are unfamiliar, have uh, heard the term, but is there a way that you could uh, articulate the the flavor or the sense? What, what's what is there about the Ignatian spirituality? That is appealing to the to the modern person. What's what what is Ignatius reaching to us to teach? What's it look like? Well, oh, it's well. There's a big difference between, let's say, Lectio Divina, Ignatian Prayer. The per, the focus of Ignatian Prayer is one singular focus: to know and love Jesus Christ, the incarnated God, the face of God the Son of God. That's pretty exciting. St. Ignatius is the how-to pray saint. He's the only one in the church that God gave anything to uh, and anything to write about the how-to pray. Many of the holy ones wrote beautifully on their experiences in prayer. He did not, even though he's a mystic. He wrote down exactly what he went through, the different experiences of graces. So perhaps if someone is hearing about Ignatian prayer, they go out and buy the spiritual exercises or books on the exercises, and it's, they're going to start reading and they're going to put it down because it's going to sound like a Martian language. And this is all God's plan because it's nothing that the intellect can grasp because the intellect is darkened. So first we must have the experience of God in our heart. And then our understanding will be enlightened. And the whole purpose is to transform the soul, every one of our souls, into the very image, into the very right, excuse me, likeness of Jesus Christ, to have the heart of Jesus and the understanding of Jesus. And so, uh, Deacon Richard, the what, <clears throat> you know, this is not just sort of a series of uh, meditations or a series of uh, scriptures that we pray through the spiritual exercises. The uh, the thing that really makes this uh, one of the things that makes it so distinctive is this is the actual journey of the soul. And what will happen is when we enter into the to the to the part two, the spiritual exercises themselves. What this really is is the Lord Jesus Himself is inviting us to come along through his life with him, through the scriptures, the way we pray, the way we're invited to pray, entering into the scriptures, into these, really, these experiences of the Lord, and we actually can come to know him. See, this is the thing. The scriptures are living, they're alive, and, of course, God does this different for different people, It's but... But the basic idea is is that as we move along this journey, literally through his life, and we go all the way through accompanying him, and God will bless us in different ways so that we actually have these experiences with him. Exactly. And we come to actually know him. See, we know there's all kinds of ways to come to know about him and to study the Bible and to but through this particular way of prayer, this is a this is this is the graced way of prayer. I mean, I'm speaking as a Dominican whose life has been changed beautifully through this Ignatian prayer, and that we come to really know him more deeply, more 
than, than we could other any other way, I truly believe. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, some might be listening, and <clears throat> they're, they're on the spiritual journey, but they're saying, now, how can I move closer to God? How can I really know God? Well, this is what St. Ignatius was given to give the Church, the way, the how-to. Mm-hmm. Could, could I add, I mean, the... Uh, the Ignatian contemplation, the the immersion of oneself into the scripture story, um, that's understandable to me. the The first part is praying the Christian virtues. How, how do I pray through faith, hope, and and charity? If it were beginning with the theological virtues, how 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 is that part of my prayer? How, how do I do that? Yeah. Well, uh, actually, Deacon Richard. This is the beginning. The, the first, the part one, is really mirrors the way that Saint Ignatius introduced people to this way of prayer. We don't just we don't just kind of say, well, this is how you do it, and then you do it. We have to just we have to start, you know. And so, from the very first session, we will be giving be be given. We're given scriptures. Let's say it's the virtue of faith. Okay, so we're given six scriptures that are correlated to faith. And we go home. And part of what we go home with is Ignatius's most basic structure for prayer. He tells us actually how to get into prayer. What do you do? And then he'll use the term, you just sit and you ponder with the Scripture for 15 minutes. Now, all of us want to know, well, what happens then? What do we do? How do we do it? Well, this is where we have to take a little leap here, and we say, the Holy Spirit will direct us. And the Lord will teach us, right? The Holy Spirit's with us since baptism, right? Dwells within us. So we pray with the Scripture, with the living Word. And this is the beginning. And through part one, we do have a little um, page or two there where we introduce, say, what is this Ignatian meditation? What is Ignatian contemplation? And we encourage them to start entering into prayer that way. But, you know, as we know, this is... It's, it's a process, you know. It's a- Father, if I might add, to realize that Ignatian prayer, whether it's meditation or contemplation, is a grace. It cannot, it's not anything that anyone can accomplish. This is what's, uh, I guess, confusing to people. So, well, how will I do this? How will I enter this scene? Will it come alive? None of this is up to us. It's all by grace. Now, does this mean that if it doesn't happen for me, that I'm not doing it right? Oh, absolutely not. We just celebrated St. Teresa of Avila's feast day. And she was formed by a, a Jesuit. She has the charism. So she would tell her sisters when they would come to her and they were frustrated because she didn't, they didn't think they were getting what the other sisters were receiving. And she would say, oh, sister, don't be concerned. She said, when you get to heaven, your experience of the beatific vision will be far greater than this sister's mm-hmm. experience. So we have to first of all realize that when we're in relationship with God, we are not in control. Mm-hmm. It's all up to God, and we will receive what God wants to receive. But the one thing we need to remember, what is God asking of us? to be open and trusting, open to receive what he wants us to receive, and not go in there with all these expectations 
but to be to go into prayer with true total trust in Him. We Does that to, make any sense? Oh, absolutely. And we have to, yeah, we have to remember that you know Saint Ignatius. This all happened to him. You know, he had to be wounded in battle and like a captive audience for God, but then God is the one that really initiates it. He had to respond with his free will, just like we do. We have to show up for prayer, dispose ourselves for prayer. We have to do what we're supposed to do. We read the scripture, we sit there, but then we, we it really happens. You know, God will start doing this. God will be the mover. That's why it's called, Lord, teach me to pray. <laughs> Not Carol, teach me to pray, or Father Marty. <laughs> How did you actually come up with that particular uh, "Lord, teach me to pray" uh, as opposed as as the title or the tag for the program? Well, you know, it was originally I called it "Intimacy with God," but then someone said, "Well, you know, why don't you just really say what it is?" The average, per- you know, person uh, may not understand exactly what intimacy with God is, but "Lord, teach me to pray." And that's exactly what the apostles did. They mm-hmm. turned to the Lord mm-hmm. and they said, teach us to pray, teach me to pray, Lord mm-hmm. Jesus. And you, yeah, and you can't believe how many people, maybe you can, will be able to come to the trainings. And these are people who have prayer lives, you know. But they'll all say this, you know, I'm missing something. I, I, I don't really know how to pray. Now, we all know how to pray. In a sense, we've all, we know how to say prayers and maybe talk to God. But that's what this does, and it truly is. The Holy Spirit's the director, and the Lord is the teacher. And if, and our facilitators are trained, you know, to, to stay out so, of it. Father Marty, we're about to go into a break, so if you could continue that talk right after the break, we'd appreciate it. Hi, this is Wes Riccio from the Holy Family Catholic Bookstore, wishing the fullness of God's blessings upon all those who will soon be receiving the sacrament for the first time. If you have a child, grandchild, or godchild being baptized, receiving their first Holy Communion, or being confirmed, remember that Holy Family has the area's largest selection of gifts, accessories, and supplies to make their special day more memorable. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information, including a virtual tour, is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. We are back on WSFI 88.5 on your FM dial here in the northern Illinois, southern Wisconsin uh, region. And I don't know how many programs are currently in the Lord Teach Me to Pray in the Chicagoland area, but currently we are run, one, running one at St. Patrick's of uh, St. Pat's in Wadsworth. And uh, we have one tentatively scheduled to start at St. Raphael and maybe even at WSFI at some point. Um, Deacon Dave, why don't you talk a little bit? You're a St. Pat's born and bred. Why don't you talk to Nathan a little bit I about, about I don't know about born and bred, but I was uh, <laughs> out there for 17 years through two different assignments, and uh, I consider that my spiritual home as far as uh, within the Archdiocese of Chicago. Um, so I had the pleasure of um, getting to know Nate as he was uh, one of the parishioners, and he 
got to know me reasonably well from uh, just preaching and otherwise and knows what I got my philosophy. Um, so I got to be blessed to watch him go through journeys oh, and yeah. how much has changed. I mean, if yeah. if I could say what was like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, to yeah. that, it's like a completely different person. So yeah. in general, within your journey, you've been saying about you've gone through different stages and now that you're doing this, how has this, I assume you have greater enhancements of your life at this point, and otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. Uh, and just knowing how you approach the world. Right. Well, you know what? I really like how Carol put it earlier. She said, uh, you know, you can, uh, I got to a point where, you know, I was just, I was just praying. I wasn't getting any deeper, you know, when I needed something, I had that thirst, you know, that, that desire to, to, uh, know Jesus and not just, you know, know about him. Um, and that started, I guess, uh, a couple of years ago out at Bellarmine, a uh, retreat house in Barrington, actually. And, uh, you know, they had, uh, well, it's, it's Jesuit, and they, you know, they follow Ignatian uh, prayer retreats. And uh, I was on retreat there, and Carol said, <laughs> she said something, too, about, uh, you know, you pick up a book on it, and, uh, you know, it's like reading a Martian language. And that's what it was for me, because I actually did pick up a book, and you know it's tough you know when you first start out so it's like i wanted my prayer to be more than just something i do you know i needed it to be something more you know i needed that that relationship you know what i mean yeah no I, very much i know exactly what you mean so um you know like i said earlier too paul and i had been uh we had this men's group going for i was trying to calculate it must be nine close to nine ten years now and uh we were doing uh practicing lectio divina just with the uh scripture of the day and you know that's fine and everything um but we weren't going deeper and it was i don't want to speak for anybody else but for me it was getting uh I don't want to say boring, but it was getting dry. You know, it was like, it was almost like work to go. So when LTMTP came along, it was like, this is perfect, you know. Especially, like I said, also that, uh, you know, it, it was all lined up, you know. And I didn't realize that I was going to be bringing this back. But now it's, it's, it's a godsend. It's, how, it's, how long ago was that, that your acquaintance with... Lord, teach me to pray. How, how long ago was it? That was just this past summer. I think okay. it was June. what I think June. June. Okay. Yeah, okay. end of June. Yeah, yeah. And we started. Uh, we're in the middle. You know, they said earlier uh, it's a twelve week. The first session is twelve weeks. Week we six. Yeah, we're yeah. on week six right now. Yeah. So. So during this the short time they've been doing this, what have you noticed changing about yourself, and I guess as a group, do you find more support with each other with, on the different challenges that each of you face trying to get to this stage of having this relationship uh yeah well really you know in my own personal journey it 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 is just bringing me deeper i mean i i love more you know i've noticed that you know i i'm starting to see to see as god sees other people you know with a with a a love and a, an appreciation, a uh, 
a kindness, you know, that I didn't have before. You know, Carol and Marty talk about the individual mm-hmm. journey. So I, I think if I could jump in a little bit on that, to answer Dave's question, is I see it more as a shared experience of individual journeys. So there's a camaraderie there, but the program is very much set up so that you're focused and you, you don't talk about what you don't want to talk about, but you're still journaling and things like that. So so it's not a come in and say, hey, guys, this is everything that happened this week. This is a well, the, some of the highlight aspect of it. So you can you can there's a sense of security there. There's a what stays in what's said in Wadsworth stays in Wadsworth. Yeah. How, how big are these groups and, and what's an is is there an optimal size for for one of these groups? Our group is eight. So, and nationally, how does that uh, is that what uh, HQ of uh, Lord Teach Me to Pray would would suggest, or bigger, smaller? Yeah. Well, you know, we don't really uh, suggest. Uh, we just uh, one of our our things. Carol will always say is never turn anyone away. <laughs> yeah. If a group, if uh, there's too many people, you can always break it up into two groups. You know, and you can hands-on train or on-the-job train someone, but. Literally, I have trained, because we all do facilitating, too, myself and Carol and John, her husband. But I've, tra- I've been a, with two facilitators, me and another facilitator, and one person shows up. That's a group, and we do it. Uh, John and I did some facilitating, Carol's husband, uh, where we had a group of 17. And uh, we thought, well, we'll lose a few through attrition. Well, they all stayed, and it worked, and it worked. So, um, you know... It's it's you know the size eight is a great size too you know this is good, but we really if we start talking uh, we we try not to talk about the how many because the Lord usually sends the number He wants I guess mm-hmm. for that group. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know it's designed uh, for the laity. This has never been available in the history of the spiritual exercises as it is today because God's put it in the hands of the laity. Five, almost 500 years it's taken. So the average person, like myself, wife and mother, how am I going to have time to take a 30-day retreat? Oh, I wouldn't. But now, and and then I wouldn't have been a candidate for it anyway if I'd had to miss a meeting. But it's structured, Lord Teaching's Way is structured so that anyone in any walk of life, any situation, can participate if they have to miss a meeting because of business or children or illness facilitators always get the material to them so they can continue to pray on the Ignatian journey. So it's it's really designed to make it very easy now for the average person to really come to know and love Jesus. And I think that's what we all want. I know as a lay woman that I want very much to be formed spiritually. Now, Father being a Dominican, they have uh, a spiritual program of formation that they live throughout their Dominican life. But I don't as a lay person. But remember St. Ignatius was a lay man when this happened to him. When he wrote the spiritual exercises, he was just a lay man. He, was, he had no theology. He was, had minimal education. But he wrote down the journey. And it's so needed now for the laity. How am I going to really hang on to Jesus unless I know him? Carolyn Martin. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Before we run out of time here, because we're in the third segment of our show here, um, could you talk a little bit about your weekend of prayer that's coming up uh, next March? Is that for everyone? Is that for facilitators? Could you give us a little little, uh, little sales pitch on what's going on in New Orleans that weekend? Well, you know, it, it years ago it started as something 
special for facilitators who wanted to get together and have prayer and adoration and mass and more of Jesus, you know. But it developed fairly quickly into just an openness to anyone who wants to come. And so one of the very special things about this is that every single year, now we're going on our 13th year maybe, 12th or 13th, we have a Jesuit, a Franciscan, and a Dominican. at, And we're here the whole time together. We don't just come in and do a presentation, and we're there, we, we're praying with everybody, we're, we're having mass, confessions, adoration, holy hours, so it's a very special thing, and uh, it's like the one facilitator had said, and we kind of hang on to this phrase, she said, it's like stepping into heaven for the weekend, and this weekend, I mean, this year it's going to be on uh, March 19th to the 22nd, and it's great in because and it's in New Orleans, and you just fly into the airport, you can drive in, of course. And it's the Hilton right at the airport, and we transform the ballroom into a chapel. We we have uh, a, a, there's a portable sanctuary that uh, the, the archdiocese lets us uh, borrow. We have the archbishop, or one of the bishops will uh, do the opening mass for us, and it is just uh, pretty incredible. And this year we have uh, Father William Blazik, who's the head of the uh, Pope's. The worldwide network of prayer. He's going to be with us, and Father Patrick Mary from EWTN. He's going to be with us, and then I'll be there, and Carol also will give a little talk. So we're going. To, it's going to be a. It's going to be another wonderful, wonderful weekend, and it's pretty and it's pretty inexpensive too. Yeah, like a shot in the heart with Jesus. <laughs> On that are at lordteachmetopray.com or dot org dot com dot com you go to okay. lordteachmetopray.com and on the on the main on the on the main page you can click on to uh, weekend of prayer and the flyer will be there yeah and as a matter of fact we just did it <laughs> good <laughs> I was just thinking of we invite everyone to come come to New Orleans it's a beautiful time of year come and pray with us and encounter more of Jesus. There's never burnout with Jesus. No way. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about Can you tell us a little bit about success stories of of, of people? Um, success stories? Yes. Well you know, yes, because of confidentiality, you can I I really can't. Yeah, but you know yeah, what but I like, you know, my success story. My own success story is that I'm getting freer of my I'm getting freer of my selfish self, and he God just fills me with His love, and so I have more love for my husband and for my children and for the world. It's wonderful, and you know the peace and the happiness of loving God can't compare with anything else. There's nothing else to really bring fulfillment to a human soul, to our mind, to our body. It's, it's truly, um, it's, it's just what St. Ignatius says, we were made to know him. We're made to love him, to serve him, and to be happy with him forever. Yeah. That, and that's real, lasting happiness. But Carol, real. one of the things that, as I said, I'm on your website at the moment, and said, would you recommend this series to a friend and why? And like some of the comments that people make about, uh, yes, without a doubt, it's seriously impacted my life. For the first time, I feel that I'm really living my faith. You know, it changes your life. I mean, that's the yeah. type of 
when people when they give testimonies like that, I mean, that's what drives someone to be interested. All right. So, oh. so, uh, so, and you know, yeah, and you know, uh, yeah, you know what is, uh, what, you know, the very purpose of this way of prayer. Ignatius tells us at the beginning is to conquer our selfish self. Pretty interesting. You know, we're, this is a spiritual battle going through life, and we have these two enemies, you know, the self, the selfish self, and we have the enemy of human nature. But on this, what I would think of success stories, I would say it this way, you know, you know, we, we don't have an organization, so as but we do have these evaluations coming in from all over the country for everybody who goes through this, and sort of a common denominator is seeing this kind of spiritual growth and I would say it like it's like the it's like the freedom, the freedom that comes as we begin to tackle this journey but with the grace of God on this journey where the self starts to be recognized as an enemy. Of course the enemy of human nature is there as well. And sometimes we say it's like the it's like not the freedom to all of a sudden to 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 be and to see and to be what's true. That it's to like love the, God. To love God. It's like, the, <laughs> it's like the scales fall from the eyes, the veil gets pulled back, we begin to see what is right and true, we get this freedom to stand for Christ. It, that's kind of, to me, the, the, kind of the, the overall kind of, you might say, success stories we see. This is not a, you know, something that Carol thought up or I thought up. It's this is the 450 plus almost 500 year old way of prayer that has made saints. You know, many of the great saints, many of them, many of the canonized and uncanonized saints. You know, some of the great popes, Pope John the 23rd. You know, John uh, Saint Faustina. All of them. It was this Ignatian way of prayer that took them from the ordinary to the saintly. You know, well, you know, deacons. It's just what Saint Paul said. Why is it that I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do? And this is the freedom that we will receive in Christ Jesus. It's very exciting. Free enough to forget myself and love God. To really put him first, to live for him and not for my selfish self. No, you, you are... But Many could be listening, and they're struggling with addictions, with unforgiveness, with terrible wounds, suffering, illness. There's only one healer, and that is Jesus Christ. And we come to know him. And we will know him, and we will be set free. And the it's two of you, and the two, and the two of you are such marvelous evangelizers. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to sign up. But I, what, what, what do you tell the person who may be listening that lives an hour and a half away from St. Patrick's? Uh, there's nothing immediately scheduled in one's parish. How do I, how do I begin this journey? What, what is there, is there any hope for me? What, what, what do I do between now and uh, this program appearing at my parish? Okay, well, this is what I would, we would first tell people to do. Now, we're in the process right now of planning for 2020. Uh, we've already got four, uh, January, February, March, April, we've got four uh, scheduled. We will be coming back to St. Vincent's in June. We don't have that completely finalized yet. But I would say to people to come to the training retreat if there isn't anything in their parish right now, if they're listening and they don't, and just come. 
and Nathan can probably be a witness to this, but you come not actually knowing what you're in for, yeah. but you'll see how simple and easy it is. They can go back. Oh, Father Marty, we're going to be running out of time in 30 seconds. So if people go to your website, can they get this information also? Yes, if they go to the website, uh, com, and then click on Training Retreats. And so we right now we have listed, I think we have one more next week in Corpus Christi, but then there's four listed. Uh, Kansas City in January. Kansas City's coming soon. But then uh, as we get these planned in the next over the next uh, couple of weeks, we'll have them all up on the website, and they'll be able to see you know, where they can go. It's worth the trip. If they have to drive a couple hours to get there and, and spend the day, it's just a day, and they'll find out all about it, and then they'll walk away with a manual. They will be able to They're go started. back and start one. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, it's, it's, Father Marty and Carol, thank you for your ministry. God bless you in your work, and uh, yeah, thank you very much for being with us on the Deacon's Roundtable at 88.5 on your FM dial, WSFI. Mike, well, would you like to finish? All you deacons. God, God bless you, love you, love you. Quick prayer, Mike. God bless thank you. God, thank God bless you. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, thanks for giving us so many ways to come in relationship with you. Please be with us as we walk this journey. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Amen.